Review podcast week 11 for the first time ever multi-streaming on three separate platforms our youtube page our twitch page and our twitter page and debuting at a brand new time on tuesday evenings at 10 p.m no longer competing on monday night football we can now sit back and dissect everything that has happened in the previous week i'm nicholas hill your host i am joined by leon terion connor kennedy and Oscar Oswego, guy, Arango, guys, how excited are you for the new era of Insert Review podcast? Very, very excited. Pumped. Looking forward to see some uh, new audience members. Or absolutely. And definitely, if you're joining us tonight, tell us where you're watching us from, from watching us from our YouTube, from our Twitter, or from our Twitch. Uh, that we'd like to know where you guys are watching us and, uh, how you're enjoying our content. And definitely if you have any NFL questions, leave them all. Uh, definitely type them out, and we will react to them throughout the show. All right, guys. It is time to talk some NFL news. It's time to talk about our key takeaways. We'd like to begin every show just with a takeaway that we all had um, from this previous week. I'll start with you, Leon. Um, there's some big news about your Giants today that I know you want to react to. So Jason Garrett is fired as the offensive coordinator, and they bring in Freddie Kitchens, who was uh, a former, I think he still came in as a head coach for the Browns at one point, or an offensive coordinator, but I'm glad to see getting a new offensive coordinator in there. The game yesterday against the Buccaneers was just a disaster. Bad play calling all around, too predictable as Jason Garrett. Like I said in the live stream yesterday on our Instagram, it's too predictable. Whenever they have Saquon Barkley back, they go run first play. They should have gone play action because that's where I think they could be more dominant, switching up the play calling. But Daniel Jones struggled. The whole offense struggled. The only real bright spot is how Kadarius Tony can turn negative yardage into positive yardage. So I'm excited to see this new era of New York football, and hopefully we could get some wins in this latter part of the NFL season. All right, Oscar. I know you. Yeah. What is your uh, key takeaway? Well, as a local, as a local New Jersey, and I'm kind of happy for them. It was about time. I always thought it was weird that he came over to the Giants after being with the Cowboys. That kind of just was a weird sensation. Like, hey, why do we have this guy on this side? But uh, I mean, just like Leon said, their their offense has been stagnant. They've obviously been injury like ridden all season long. But uh, the lack of being able to take advantage of a lot of opportunities we've seen like that season has just been terrible. So hopefully this is the turn in the right direction and better ideas for next season. Shout out to my friend Gustavo Tomuzelli, who I do two Americas, two countries, all sports with my other podcast watching us from Americana, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Connor, what is your key takeaway from week 11? Can I go on a rant real quick? Go ahead, because I'm also going to go on a rant after you go on a rant. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Dope. Uh, so the Bills um, absolutely crapped themselves uh, this past Sunday, as we all know. Uh, they lost forty-one to fifteen, I think, playing the Indianapolis Colts uh, this past Sunday. Um, they have been the most inconsistent team this past year. Uh, good comment from Polo Knights. Uh, thanks for watching. 
Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they they lost in a heartbreaking fashion to the Titans uh, on a missed fourth down conversion before the bye week. Then the bye week happens. We all think, hey, maybe they'll do some adjustments. Uh, then our rookie right tackle, Spencer Brown, gets injured. Uh, we play the Jaguars. We lose to them somehow, uh, which we should be in jail for. But, like, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then we beat the Jets, but, like, they're the Jets, so we're supposed to. And then this past game, one of the most embarrassing losses of the Sean McDermott era. It reminded me a lot of the playoff drop Bills, and I'm from Buffalo, so I know how bad those teams were. And, man, words cannot describe how mad I am at this team. They always say that it's a next man up philosophy whenever injuries happen. But when your depth is as absolutely terrible as it is on that team, man, Cody Ford, they should send him to Toronto, play in the CFL. He is that bad. Jesus Christ. He is not an NFL guard. Um, this O-line is trash. Um, without Starlu Lele, we can't stop the run as we saw with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he looks like uh, – Barry Sanders when he was out there. Not discrediting Jonathan Taylor, though. He's an absolute stud. He's my player of the week, as I'm going to talk about later. Um, but, yeah, you'd think this Colts team was, like, the greatest show on turf if you watch that game. Uh, and they're, like, 5-5 five and five right now. So, you know, the Bills say they aren't panicking, but uh, the Bills fans are. We're really mad. Uh, and if they don't win against the Saints this, this week uh, – you know, we, we've already counted out the one seed. Like, we thought we were Super Bowl contenders. We are not Super Bowl contenders whatsoever. Maybe we'll make it deeper on the playoffs. But, like, it, when everyone's healthy, we can be one of the best teams in the NFL. But when there's one injury, as we saw with Spencer Brown and also Sarlu Lele, we're one of the worst teams in the entire league. Uh, so get your crap together, Bills. All I'm saying. All right, now it's time for me to take a turn. At the podium, arresting my own team. Of course, the episode name today is All of Our Teams Are Down Bad. And I don't think any team is down as bad this week as the Tennessee Titans. Oh, my God. Um, anytime when you're down 19 to nothing to the Houston Texans in a game, um, it's just a complete and utter failure on all parties involved. I, honestly, I got to place most of this blame on Ryan Tannehill. And I understand we don't have Derrick Henry. Because he's out basically for the season for injury. I know Julio Jones can't stay healthy for more than a week at a time. And then AJ Brown's going in and out with health issues. But still, when you look at Ryan Tannehill statistically, since he's arrived in Nashville, he has been a top 10 quarterback. Look at efficiency, look at touching on the interceptions, and all that stuff. But without Derrick Henry, he's looking like the Miami Ryan Tannehill. He, He looks like the Adam Gase Ryan Tannehill. In this game, he had four interceptions. Four. And he's only thrown three touchdowns since Derrick Henry left. He threw for only 143 in Los Angeles, threw for 213 last week against New Orleans. Credit, he threw for 323 this last week. But that one, most of that was because they were throwing the ball every single down because they had to. Um, and to be fair for him, he was basically getting no help in the running game. Of course, we had to let go of Adrian Peterson because, as we all knew, he just isn't. Um, anywhere close to what he was. I mean, Deontay Foreman is better, and I guess he's gonna he's gonna be the uh, running back that the time's gonna go forward with for the rest of the season. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, going from Derek Henry to Deontay Foreman is uh, like going from the five star hotel to 
uh, a day's end. It's just not uh, what anyone wants to uh, deal with throughout the course of an NFL season, but it is the hand the Titans have been dealt with. We need A.J. Brown and Jones to come back super, super bad. But even with those two back, I just don't know how good Ryan Tannehill truly is without Derrick Henry because when we had Derrick Henry, the defenses could focus, uh, had to focus a lot of attention on him, which opened up a lot of passing lanes for Ryan Tannehill. Passing lanes that no longer exist. So Ryan Tannehill really is going to have to step up his game immensely because if we remember in the AFC Championship run a few years ago, Ryan Tannehill only threw for 82 yards at New England. He didn't keep through for like 150 at Baltimore. He did not do a lot in those games outside of just manage them and hand off the ball to Derrick Henry. He's, he's going to have to help the Titans here win this one seed because we are still the one seed. We can still find a way to win. Of course, we got a really tough game this week in New England, which I don't think we're going to win. But you get past that game, you have mostly teams of losing records the rest of the way. Um, the Tennessee Titans are in a fantastic spot to look at this one seed because of just how messed the AFC is. The Bills can't get out of their own way. The Patriots are still uh, behind by a game. Uh, the Ravens can't seem to stay healthy themselves. Still a golden opportunity here for the Tennessee Titans. If we had Derrick Henry, the one seed would be ours for the taken, but it clearly just won't be without him um, unless Ryan Tannehill finds a way to play like the quarterback that statistically we have come to expect from him as a Tennessee Titans fan base. With that, probably yeah, these two teams be- over 500. Yeah, I, I, I know. Maggie, we got- I, come I on, know man. It's tough being a Giants fan. <laughs> I mean, but the Titans, like, we lose to the Jets, and Jets. the last two losses of the Tennessee Titans are the Jets and the Texans. I mean, and the last five wins are the Saints. The Rams, the Colts, the Bills, and the Chiefs. The Titans are the most backwards team ever. And I hope that trend continues because that trend continues and we'll win the Super Bowl because apparently we can't lose the teams except that they're the Arizona Cardinals who have winning records. We only have one loss this year to a team with winning records. I mean, that's just insane when you really think about it. But um, moving on to the NFL news segment, Leon. Get us kicked off here with our first out of our five key stories we're burning on today. So the game of the year so so far, the Chargers beat the Steelers 41-37, but a valiant comeback by Ben Roethlisberger in the fourth quarter for the Steelers to even take the lead at one point. They were up 37-34. Then Justin Herbert throws a dart to Mike Williams, a 50-yard-plus touchdown, and they take the lead. So where are the Chargers in this playoff mix? I know they have a good offense, but can their defense uh, really be responsible for helping them get through the AFC playoff matchups? Yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs have figured themselves out, which is not good for anyone else in the AFC West. Uh, of course, thankfully, if you're the Chiefs, the Broncos have come back down to earth and the Raiders have completely fallen apart. So you don't really have to worry about those two organizations. You're at least the second best team in the AFC West right now. And whenever they play again, I'm not, I'm not sure when the Chiefs and the Chargers play again. Um, let me see. I can look that up real quick. Uh, they play in week 15, December 16th on a Sunday night. So that'll be a primetime game, which that should be an absolutely fantastic game. 
I think a lot of this comes down to Kansas City. Uh, can their offense figure it out? Over the last four games, they've scored 43 points. Um, just not the Kansas City we're used to seeing. Now, on the flip side, they found a defense, which is very promising uh, for Kansas City. And if they were able to put it together with both their offense and the defense, they're all of a sudden a championship contender, especially in this AFC, because as crazy as it really seems, there's there might not be a good team in the AFC. At least not right now. So it's perfect for the Chiefs or the Chargers to make a run at the AFC title. Now, I do think the Chargers' offense right now is far more dynamic. Justin Herbert looked amazing the other night against the Steelers. Austin Eckler was dynamic in that backfield. But the Chargers almost charged again. Like, letting Pittsburgh get back into that game was inexcusable. I mean, having a blocked punt... Um, Going for it at four for one in your own 35. I mean, I understand the situation, but still the play call going up the middle. Just just some really, really bad decisions that gave Pittsburgh some short fields and helped them take the lead in that game. And you had to have Justin Herbert bail you out. So I'm not completely uh, sold on the Chargers still just because I can't trust them. They're like the Falcons. They're the AFC Falcons. I, I called them that as much in our TikTok after that game. And uh, I have to uh, trust them in a t- tight game, especially when they get to that Chiefs-Chargers game on December 16th before I'm willing to pick them as an AFC West winner. But I think with as bad as the AFC is, they should be able to get at least a wildcard spot. Yeah, I think their defense like really showed out uh, despite – you know, the, the Steelers offense scoring 37 points. Uh, but uh, they, they did enough to win, obviously. Uh, I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. has been a really great pickup uh, in this past year's draft for the Chargers. I, I think he could still be in the mix for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and this defensive line, while they've been really suspect against the run, uh, they, they did relatively well, uh, you know, playing the, the Steelers uh, th- this past Sunday. Um, Najee Harris had 12 carries for 39 yards with an average of 3.2 yards a carry. Um, we, we've seen much worse from this Chargers D line in terms of stopping the run. So it's definitely quite an improvement. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see how they do down the stretch. Uh, they definitely have some tough games coming up, uh, including against the chiefs who seem to have awakened from their slumber, uh, so to speak. Um, I, I, I think that they'll definitely make the playoffs uh, for sure. I think they're a really good team, um, especially as long as Justin Herbert is able to, you know, be more consistent. I know they they also experienced uh, a bit of a slump uh, this past four weeks. Uh, obviously, they won playing the Eagles, but this was really their bounce back win playing the Steelers at SoFi. Oscar, what's your thoughts on the uh, Chargers game? Well, I wouldn't count the Chargers out uh, just yet in terms of the playoffs. I think they can still do it. Uh, they have an explosive offense. They're just not as consistent as we'd like to see them. Um, but And the Steelers haven't been having a great season either. So this was actually like a game of like not playing playing down, I think, to your competition, letting the Steelers show out. Uh, but I think the Chargers – I think they're still in the running for a good wild card spot. I think they can still definitely do it against the playoffs for sure. Yeah, the Chargers yeah. are 
one of the most uh, interesting teams to watch. And also, not just from the team standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, I have both Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler in my team. Uh, they saved me. I was down 100 at one point in my game. And they basically got – and they came back and gave me the win. Just an unbelievable fantasy performance. And Austin Eckler, shout out to him. One of the first players really to embrace his role as a fantasy football superstar. Yeah. He had a 38 points in uh, PPR. So, absolute, absolute stud. All right, Leon, what's our uh, second last year? Had Eckler last year on my fantasy team. He was amazing. But you guys brought up the, brought up the Chiefs before, and I think Patrick Mahomes has inserted himself back into the MVP conversation. He now leads the league in passing with 3,200 yards exactly, 25 touchdowns. The 11 interceptions are a bit concerning, but – the Chiefs getting back to their winning ways. They just defeated the Dallas Cowboys 19-9. How surprised were you by this score? Because this was mainly a defensive game, and we thought both teams could have gone over 20 points, could have gone over 30 points, could have gone over 40 points. So what are our reactions to this game? I actually kind of disagree with that um, description of him being the MVP. I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes should even be a finalist. Right now for MVP. I mean, they only put up 19 points the other night. Um, I think someone like a Jonathan Taylor, honestly, right now might have my vote for MVP. And I'm not even being, I'm not even joking. Uh, just because of what he's doing right now for Indianapolis. But as I just said a minute ago, I think the Chiefs defense has more uh, to be credited for for their turnaround. Because, you know, look what they did a couple weeks ago to the Jordan Love Packers. Now, what they did to, uh, granted, it was an injured Cowboys team. But it's still the Cowboys. And it's still a really talented team. And uh, early in the season, they would have gone up at least 30 to the same bunch, even with the injuries. So they've you got to give that side of the ball a lot of credit. And I think if they're going to ultimately win a championship, they're going to have to start playing better on offense. They had some really weird turnovers in the second half. But they still found a way to get it done. And it's all that matters in the NFL. But I think if they're going to beat the Chargers, they will have to have a lot more offensive production uh, comparatively. I, I think I agree with Nick. Uh, the Cowboys were kind of an injured team. So I, I don't know how much it was the Chiefs defense as it was the Cowboys trying to figure out an offense without Amari Cooper and without uh, CeeDee Lamb uh, and trying to figure out how not to be that, that one-dimensional. But, uh, yeah, I think kind of how we talked about the Chargers. We talked about this before, the Chargers and Chiefs. Those are going to be some big teams to try to figure out out of their divisions. But we also have some really big Patriots somehow figuring it out. They're doing a great job. Bill Belichick's figuring it out over there. And, uh, sorry, Connor, <laughs> but um, they're doing they're doing something with their team. The Bills the Bills aren't out of it either. You know, they're just they're again it's a bad week, and uh, we'll do good. But Chiefs, if if their uh, their offense is just getting in there, we know Christian uh, Clyde Alaire's Alaire. He's get he's getting into the game again. So. They definitely have a running game. They have some space. Maybe Patrick Holmes gets some better opportunities with his running and back to normal how it started at the beginning of the season. They're trying to overpower teams anyway. That was the plan from the beginning of the season. Hey, we're going to have to have an explosive offense to keep winning games and win through the season because they never expected to have a good offense. I mean, a good defense. So getting back a lot of the original pieces, I think is going to be a big jump for Patrick Mahomes for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, Connor, yeah. Connor. Connor. Um, I I honestly don't have much to say. 
Uh, I will give credit uh, where credit's due to the defense, even though the Cowboys offense was banged up. Uh, I think they still limited Dak Prescott pretty well, um, who was playing like a, at a very high level um, this past season so far. Definitely still in the running for comeback player of the year. Uh, but I think any MVP odds uh, that he had quickly went down the drain after this game. Uh, but but also Patrick Mahomes did not really do all that much either. Uh, I, I mean, he's been making some better decisions. Uh, I will say that, but I don't think he threw a touchdown that whole game as far as I, I could be wrong. And I, I also think he just threw a pick too. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are world beaters exactly. I still don't think that they're the best team in the AFC by any means. Um, but certainly I, I think they could win a lot of games uh, coming down the stretch um, and, you know, make a run for it. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing with the MVP conversation is just a statistic-based one, not really one of exactly the flow of the games played. But this last story, actually a team that we haven't really talked about on the podcast, the Philadelphia Eagles, they've won three straight, and they they obliterated the Saints. Trevor Simeon was embarrassing in this game. The only reason the Saints look good on paper is because they did score 22 in the fourth quarter, but... Jalen Hurts had three rushing touchdowns, and I think he's second to Lamar Jackson in rushing yards in the league. What do we think about this Eagles team sneaking into a possible six or seven seed in the NFC playoff picture? I definitely do not think it's out of the question whatsoever. Uh, I mean, we we talk about how muddled the the AFC picture is. Um, that the NFC is is more clear in terms of who the real contenders are, but the seventh seed is still up for grabs for sure. Uh, I mean, the Saints looks like they could be front runner, runners for the seventh seed. I, I still think it's definitely a possibility for them. Uh, but they've they've been really banged up, uh, you know, at during this point of the season. Obviously, Alvin Kamara's out. Uh, Mark Ingram might be out as well. Uh, Trevor Simeon uh, got a broken right hand, I think, during that game as well. And, I mean, he's he's not that great either. That, that's why he's the backup. Um and then their, their O-line's really banged up too as well. Um, but their defense, which, you know, I, I talked about a lot, is it being overrated? No, not overrated, sorry, underrated. Um, they did not show up whatsoever this game. Uh, Jalen Hurts just absolutely ran over them uh, for multiple touchdowns. Um, and while this Eagles team, I, I still have a lot of questions about Jalen Hurts in, in terms of, you know, his – ability as a quarterback and not just running the ball. Um, I, I still think that this is a pretty, pretty good team, at least offensively. I mean, Devontae Smiths has really proven himself to be a wide receiver one in the national football league and uh, Dallas Kader. Uh, he's a pretty good tight end as well. Uh, you know, I, I think anything's possible, but um, I would not be surprised if the Eagles were second in the NFC East and, you know, ended up like with like an eight and nine or nine and eight record. And we were able to sneak into the wild card. But to me, when you take a look at that NFC playoff picture, um, it's not just a seven seed, it's a six seed too, because you have the Rams there at five, at seven and three. But behind there, you have the Vikings right now, five and five at number six. The Saints at five and five at seven. Then you've got the 49ers. It's fine. Be the first team out, but they're also five and five. Then you got Eagles, Panthers, and the Washington football team all right behind them within a game. 
Um, so they really have six teams who are fighting for two spots. And the two teams right now that I would like, that I think are the best fits for those six and seven, are the Vikings. Because when they have really recent, really good wins recently against the Chargers and the Packers, um, they're playing really, really good football right now. Um, that defense seems to be so improving somewhat. And they're not great at all, but they're definitely doing enough. And Kirk Cousins has been putting up great numbers all year. I mean, think about some of the games they lost. You know, they lost that game you know, to the Cardinals earlier in the year where uh, they put up 33 points and you know, Kirk Cousins takes them down the field, gives them a chance to win, but their kicker misses it. And I'm trying to remember what other game it was. I think it was the Bengals that they had like right at the beginning where Kirk Cousins had them in running position multiple times, but they missed a field goal. So they really could be like seven and three right now. Like they have a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the football. I think they're playing much better. And then the, I think the 49ers are going to find their way into the playoffs too. Jimmy Garoppolo, for a guy that has been talked about all year as being a one straight lamp's going to replace him. Jimmy G is done. This guy has four straight games with a pass rating over 100. He is playing some of his best ball right now. Um, and it's like I think what a lot of people have been talking about is, you know, when you look at Kyle Shanahan's record with and without Jimmy Garoppolo, there is a stark difference. He wins with Jimmy Garoppolo. I still don't really understand what, what was the rush to replace him outside of just injuries. And I don't think that Trey Lance should be seen as the guy to replace him right now. This is Jimmy Garoppolo's team. I think he is going to lead the 49ers into the playoffs. Um, and I know the Eagles, they're playing better. Jalen Hurts is really starting to get it going. But I just think they have too much youth. And I just I don't trust them over a more veteran 49ers team and a more veteran Vikings team. The Saints are way too injured. I think they're going to fall off. Um, the Panthers, I mean, Cam's a nice story, but I mean, if you can't beat the Washington football team, uh, I just don't think you're um, going to be a serious enough contender in Washington to me. It just doesn't have enough offense. So uh, sign me up for the Vikings and 49ers being the two teams with the most uh, potential. I'm forgetting those two spots. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I root for the 49ers whenever I'm not rooting for the Giants. I think it's just because I'm a big Jimmy G fan. Here's a guy that was, in a way, drafted to replace Tom Brady, gets traded to the 49ers, I think goes 5-0 and in those last starts, and now he's the guy in San Francisco. And if he didn't get injured, he would be a consistent franchise quarterback. So excited to see what they could do in the NFC playoffs. And going back, I think uh, the Eagles versus the Saints. Uh, I think the Eagles. I don't know so much about them getting into the playoff picture. I think just like Nick said, like the, the that whole projection is kind of muddled with all those teams trying to buy for for viability to make it into the playoffs. Uh, but it's definitely interesting to see what they do in terms of development. Jalen Hurts definitely was a good pick. I think if they can build around him. I think they have a good wide receiver ability around him. They got a good tight end around him. Uh, they're just getting their running game like involved into all their in, into their game program for the last couple of games, and it's actually helped them a lot uh, in terms of stepping up, and giving them options off of uh, Jalen Hurts. So I think looking at this team for this year going to next year, I think it'll be really interesting. Hopefully they get better. Um, but then kind of jumping off that Saints thing, I also wanted to mention the Taysom Hill thing. I don't know if you guys got to see that. How he got that funky contract, depending on whether he gets to be a tight end or a quarterback, that's pretty crazy. That guy, I thought I, I was like his only fan, but I think the Saints kind of like him probably even more than anybody else thinks can even be justifiable. But 
Good for him, right? It helps if Trevor Simeon's the guy ahead of you, too. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Bill Saints on uh, Thursday night is going to be really, really interesting because it feels like two teams are sliding uh, a little bit. But still, I mean, the Bills have to be um, have to be considered the favorites to win that one just because the Saints are just way, way too injured right now. But that's all the stories for our NFL key news segment. So now we're going to move on to the uh, thing that we were just actually kind of bringing up there for a minute ago. The injury report. Always the most depressing time of the week. Let's figure out what teams uh, uh, destinies were altered this week with Oscar Arango. How you doing, Nick? Thank you. Uh, we're just going to go a couple of ones. We've already talked about a few. Uh, with Chicago Bears, they kind of lost Justin Fields to a rib injury. Uh, it seems like Andy Dalton will be the guy starting for him this upcoming week. So something to look forward to, something to keep an eye on. Uh, the Jets lost Michael Carter. He's a rookie. He running back for the season. Uh, kind of look towards Ty Johnson to be the guy who fills in for him. Uh, this is their second year back. They had him last year. He's been pretty active in the passing game. So just keep an eye out for Ty Johnson if you're looking at if you have Michael Carter as your player. CeeDee Lamb also lost, got hurt with a concussion. He's going to be in the concussion protocol. It seems like he might not be able to play on Thanksgiving. Uh, it's important to note that Cowboys already were missing Amari Cooper. Uh, Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson probably the guys that step up for him. And for the Eagles, we kind of already talked to them a little bit with Justin Fields. Uh, Jordan Howard suffered a knee sprain. Uh, so we probably think that these are about to be more reps for Miles Sanders and also Boston Scott. So we keep an eye out there for, for the upcoming season. Yeah, so. Any injuries to yeah. you guys? Yeah, so to me, out of all of these injuries uh, to me definitely when you look at the Cowboys and just how much their offense has struggled this recently and think about the game they had against the Broncos the game last week they had against Kansas City I know they had a great game against Atlanta but Atlanta's falling apart they're not any good um this game Thursday against the Raiders is really big not just for the Raiders but for the Cowboys the Cowboys have, have to get some confidence um without CD Lamb that's gonna be really hard because Zach Prescott's not 100% right now and uh to lack his his best target at least to me, I know some people may argue Amari Cooper is the better target. But to me, at this point, Lamb is a better wide receiver. Like, what? Who would you? Who do you think is the WR one in that uh, offense? Uh, it's hard to tell because I think they they kind of had alternating the weeks, like where one might be better than the other one. Um, it seems like Ceedee Lamb, I think, has a little bit more dy- dynamism compared to Amari Cooper, especially with Amari Cooper's like injury history that kind of affects him a lot. I think when you're comparing the two. I think that even though that is a big injury for C.D. Lamb, they are playing the Raiders this weekend. With the Raiders falling apart, I expect the Cowboys to win. But if Michael Carter, it looks like he's going to be out against the Texans, the Jets and Texans game could be a close one since both teams are horrible. But if Joe Flacco doesn't have Michael Carter to check it down to, Michael Carter is someone that does break first contact. He does have a future in New York, and I think a bright one. How will Flacco do in that game, really? Because the Texans' defense just came off a four-interception performance, and Tyrod Taylor has some momentum. So the Jets without a top running back. Yeah. Connor? Um, Just a little update. I think Joe Flacco's – Joe Flacco's on the the COVID list uh, with Mike White. 
Um, so it looks like Zach Wilson is going to be coming back and starting that game. Wait, so if Zach Wilson was completely healthy this weekend, was he not just going to start? Was he not coming back at all? No, this was Flacco wow, start, I think. Wow. So, so they weren't going to put him back in. Man, what way to give up on your number two pick. It's, we're not even, it's just Thanksgiving of his rookie year on a team that doesn't have that much talent. And what really happened to Josh Johnson? I mean, he threw 317 yards, three touchdowns against a really good Colts defense. I wonder what really happened to him. Yeah, just this is why the New York Jets always suck. They make awful personnel decisions from quarterback to quarterback. It just like you draft a guy number two, don't give up on him 10 games in. I know he hasn't been great, but he's had flashes. Like against, especially against my Titans, he looked great in that fourth quarter. Um, let him develop. Like Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked great, but the Jacksville's letting him make mistakes. He's a rookie. Like, I, I think we've got, after Andrew Luck, we've gotten to a point where we expect all rookie quarterbacks to, um, be great and my friend Gustavo is a big Jets fan so he uh, is talking about oh the Jets I give up on the Jets uh, and honestly I don't blame him because the New York Jets are just a mess of an organization yeah exactly the, the Jets need to stop giving up on themselves if you're going to ever succeed at anything you can never give up on yourself, and you can never give up on your future. And if you, Zach Fult Wilson could be your future, but he, you gotta let him have time. You gotta give him at least two to three years. Give him better support. It's not gonna work. It, it didn't help that they moved on from Sam Darnold to draft alt right Sam Darnold. All I'm gonna say. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so sorry. Um, that was a really annoying laugh, but. Um, yeah, I understand it's New York, too. I'm just in Tennessee, right? Like, I know it's a brutal media market, too, that they got to deal with. But still. I also, Zach Wilson, if Elijah Moore, if Zach Wilson starts, Elijah Moore is not really going to have that big of a game because Elijah Moore has shown more productivity with Mike White and with Joe Flacco. So yeah. expect the passing game not to be big and without Michael Carter. Uh, Texans might be able to only keep them to like 10 points probably. Yeah, what do y'all think about that comment? I mean, Mark Sanchez, if you really think about it, I know everyone runs from the butt fumble, but he got the Jets to two straight AFC title games. You know, I mean, granted the defense carried those teams, but still he did enough to help those teams. I mean, he really is. You think about the it's best quarterback the probably this <laughs> century. Rex Ryan was the key. Rex Ryan was not the key. Sign Mark exactly. Sanchez. Sign him. He's 35, 36. He could still play. Even Peterson could still play at 36. Mark Sanchez could still play. I think he called him. Tony Romo and Eli Manning. Because they're all NFL analysts. Maybe they should bring back Joe Namath. Maybe he could loosen up the old arm. I mean, he's only like 65, right? Right. I bring my chat. I think he's 77. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, just I know someone's got to be able to throw a football. I mean, New York City has eight million people in it. Like, uh, there's got to be someone. Yeah, maybe hashtag comeback Mark Sanchez from Gustavo. Maybe you can get one of the Knicks players or something to help. Ooh, they could trade for G they could trade for Geno Smith. He's still on the league. 
So maybe LeBron James will finally come to New York. So I'll just be for the New York Jets. I remember watching Geno Smith whenever I was a lot younger, and it was the most painful thing to watch, even though I'm a Giants fan. Because you would have like two good weeks, and then it would be like, where's the first down? Like, not even one first down the game. It's just it's just mind boggling. Uh maybe trade for Fitzpatrick. He he got them to ten and six, but they didn't make the playoffs. So we'll see. Yeah, the Jets certainly have a long way to go for their organization. Um, the next uh, segment here that we're going to go into is a little bit more fun than the injury segment. Of course, not real catastrophic injuries this week. It feels like this is the first week in a while that we haven't had, like, a catastrophic knock on wood because you don't, we don't want Thanksgiving to turn into a, uh, a bloodbath. But um, it is time for some fantasy football. With you, Oscar, who were some of the top performers? I know we talked about the Jets, like all of the Thanksgiving theme. The, they had a buffet because we got Jonathan Taylor, who had 32 rushes for 185 yards and five touchdowns, three catches for 19 yards against the Bills. Sorry, Connor, again. In standard <laughs> scoring, we got 50 points for, for his team. Uh, Austin Eckler, great game. Uh, Leanne mentioned it before 11 rushes for 50 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Seven, uh, six catches and two touchdowns in the air against the Steelers. Total blowout game, and it was a lot of. Well, it wasn't a blowout game, but it was a, it was a high-scoring game. Justin Herbert, can't see that little ping pong with Austin Eckler. Thirty passes for three hundred eighty yards. He rushed nine times for ninety yards. So he got you some points on the ground as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still trying to kind of build the Packers into a win, but didn't work out so well. Uh, Twenty-three passes for three hundred eighty-five yards, four touchdowns. Unfortunately, Jalen Hurts always coming through and doing his work on the ground. If he doesn't even get you points in the air, 147 yards in the air, no touchdowns, but he rushes 18 times for 69 yards and two and three touchdowns on the ground against New Orleans Saints. So those are five top guys. Uh, we talked about, about all the guys. Uh, I don't know if anybody has anything to add about uh, maybe Jonathan Taylor or Aaron Rodgers and their great performances this weekend. And, yeah, he's unbelievable. Rodgers threw four touchdowns, played really well, but they didn't win, but he still played fine. I'd put most of that on the defense, but looking forward, the Packers are definitely in a solid position heading into the playoffs. If your fantasy team is absolute crap right now, I would give up a King's Ransom for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think that was like his sixth or seventh game in a row where he rushed for like over a hundred yards and a touchdown, which like does not happen very often. Uh, definitely the best running back in the league right now that Derrick Henry's injured, but I, like that dude is a workhorse. He is tough, man. You know, what's incredible is that we're going to get to watch Derrick Henry versus Jonathan Taylor here for a couple of years, uh, twice a year, you know, and, just the AFC South is bringing back old school football, you know. And honestly, you know, even though I don't like the Colts, obviously as a rival, I am kind of rooting for Jonathan Taylor because I would love for him to jump in that MVP conversation and get running backs back a seat at the table. Because obviously, Derrick Henry was on his way. I think right now, if he were still um, on his way, if he's still healthy, he'd be the MVP favorite right now. But since Henry is out, 
I would love to see Jonathan Taylor get back into that conversation because if he can go out there and potentially win MVP, then that could potentially set the stage for a Derrick Henry comeback if he's able to come back to what he was to be an MVP candidate himself. So it's kind of opening the door, right? If it can't be my guy, then maybe it could be the other one. And Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor are still proving that even in the modern passing league, that is the NFL, running backs are still very, very important. Yeah, I mean, also Carson Wentz's morale on this team is a lot better. Even on the sidelines, you could see, even though he's masked and everything, his body language, he just looks happier on the Colts than he did with the Eagles. He was just miserable last year on that team. And it was difficult for him. It was difficult for the fans to watch the inconsistency. But he sort of looks reborn in Indianapolis. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get worried, too, because the Titans can't get it together. They could still come back and win the, the division because right now they're at 6-5. and five. Uh, at 5-5, five and five, the Titans are at 8-3. and three. Remember, the Titans have already swept them. So the Titans would have to finish with a worse record. So right now, the magic number for the AFC South is four. So they have to basically have a combination of the Titans win a couple of games, so the Colts lose a couple of games. Every time the, the Titans win a game or the Colts lose, a number goes down. So, yeah, for example, the Titans and the Colts were to Titans were to win the next two, Colts were to lose the next two, then it'd be a wrap. But with the way both teams are playing right now and their upcoming opponents, I don't quite think that's going to be a case because the Colts do have a favorable uh, stretch themselves down the road. All right, but we kind of got sidetracked there. Uh, just kind of looking at some of these fantasy performances because we talked a lot about Jonathan Taylor. Of course, Eckler and Herbert together were absolutely dynamic. Um, it's, it's really interesting to see the Chicago receivers doing well this week because and they did better with Andy Dalton than they did with Justin Fields. And it, just, it really is just a topsy-turvy situation in Chicago because Justin Fields is your future. But Andy Dalton right now clearly seems to be the more competent quarterback, the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win. Um, but you're free in seven. You have a really, really outside shot for the playoffs. Um, I know you get Detroit this week, so you can get to four and seven, uh, maybe. Although I honestly feel like Detroit's going to win that game uh, and get their first one on Thanksgiving. What would you do, especially if you're Matt Nagy? Because all the reports are circulating that he's lost the locker room. I mean, his son, I don't know if you saw the clip, but his son, who is a quarterback for a local high school in the Chicago area, was literally getting booed and getting uh, basically having fire Matt Nagy chance thrown at him during the high, his high school playoff game. Uh, so not not a good situation at all to be Matt Nagy or his family right now in Chicago. Uh but what should Najee do? Because it feels like his job is just done regardless. But, you know, if you still have the best interest in the organization at mine, what are you doing with that quarterback situation? I would start Nick Foles. I would try to get him more involved because we haven't seen him this season, and I still think that he has values of the NFL. I'm still starting Justin Fields, personally. Um he looked like absolute crap, uh, like his first couple starts, obviously. Uh, when he played the Browns, uh, that defense looked like it was the 2000 Ravens or the 85 Bears, uh, which they're not. They only have like a couple good guys on defense. Um, but, however, Justin Fields actually has improved quite a bit. 
um, in his uh, most recent starts, uh, especially in that that Monday night game against the Steelers. Um, you know, obviously they didn't win, but he almost helped them make a comeback. Um, and I, I think that if there's like some competent play calling, obviously not from Matt Nagy, uh, but from someone else in that coaching staff, then I, I feel like they could help Justin Fields develop a little bit, um, kind of offset the bleeding from Matt Nagy being anywhere around him whatsoever. Um, so I, I still think that Justin Fields with his upside, it gives them the best chance to win. They already know who Nick Foles is. Um, you know, as he, he played for them last year, uh, benching Mitch Trubisky for him. Um, and Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton. I think he's completely cooked. Um, there's a reason why he was struggling to, to find a job in the NFL after he was cut from the Bengals. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I have to say about that quarterback situation in Chicago. But Will Fields re- recover in time from the rib injury for Thursday? Is he scheduled to start or no? Nah, Andy nah, Dalton's starting. So. Like, I mean, if they were like in the midst of a playoff run, maybe you start him. Maybe you try to get him back on there. But you're free in seven. I, I don't think that jeopardizing his health for any reason right now makes any sense. You only play him when he's 100 healthy. But when he, he is healthy, he needs to be on the field, continuing his development. Because, like I've said, with Zach Wilson and with Trevor Lawrence, he's a rookie quarterback. And the only rookie quarterback in a good situation this year is Mac Jones. And surprise, surprise, Mac Jones is actually playing well because he has a good situation around him. So I really think that Justin Fields around the field as much as possible is key, but not this week because he's just not 100%. Anyway, uh, Oscar, looking forward to this next week of fantasy football. Who is your waiver wire picks? We got a couple. Uh, I already mentioned Ty Johnson due to the Michael Carter injury. Um, like I said, he's going to be involved in the passing game. If it gets stuck behind, game strict might play a role in there. So he might be able to make a big difference there. Even you never know. Uh, with the Cardinals, Rondo Moore, uh, and a little bit part of my takeaway with uh, early early in today's podcast. Uh, the Cardinals are also the next guy up the whole time. Uh, Kyler Murray is not available. Paul McCoy's the guy who steps up. DeAndre Harden. Uh, Hopkins is not available. Rondo Moore steps up. Uh, we know they went on. They got Zach Ertz. Uh, they got a lot of depth within this, within this team. And uh, Rondo Moore is definitely getting action. Uh, he's one of those guys that have kind of been a sleeper throughout the season. He's finally to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, one thing to kind of mention, though, is like he's getting all this action, and it's with Colt McCoy as his quarterback. Uh, it's probably something to keep, keep an eye on. Uh, whether Kyle Murray comes back, and also when DeAndre Hopkins comes back as well. Uh, and for the Panthers, I mean, this is awesome. Cam Newton is back. He's doing. He's making an impact for the team. He's he's slightly raising playoff hopes, uh, but he's effective. He's still effective on the ground, uh, so he has a chance. So uh, those are three guys. Uh, Nick, did you have the staff pick? Yes. Um, so one player I want to definitely shout out who got left left on this podcast is the Washington football team's DeAndre Carter, wide receiver. He has a three-game touchdown streak. Um, now, granted, he's not getting that many targets. He had six targets at the Broncos, six targets against the Bucks, and three targets last week against the Panthers. 
But in every single one of those games, he had a touchdown catch. And that is something to definitely keep an eye on. You know, he seems to be able to get into the end zone, which provides some value. Um, if you're in an absolute desperate situation, wide receiver just want to add some depth. Maybe that's an option for you to take a look at. But thank you, Oscar, for the injury report and the fantasy reports. But now it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It's time to make some money. Connor, what games are you eyeing this week to help us all with our sports gambling? Well, like every week, I got four matchups. NFL Week 12. And I'm going to be starting with this Los Angeles Rams versus Green Bay Packers game. The Packers are favored by one point, and the over-under right now is 48. Now, the Rams are coming off a bye week following a very tough loss to their division rival 49ers, where the Niners held them to only 10 points. And they also lost the game prior to the Derrick Henry-less Titans. Uh, Now, the Packers just recently lost to the Vikings this past Sunday. And while Aaron Rodgers threw for four touchdowns, their defense regressed from their stellar performance uh, these past couple games prior to that. Uh, now, these are two of the best teams in the NFC, so it's a pretty hard game to pick. Uh, but personally, I'm going to pick the Rams as the Packers beat off offensive line is going to struggle with Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller on that Rams D-line. And Cooper Cup is going to burn Kevin King. Uh, now, I'm going to move on to the Minnesota Vikings versus the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are favored by three points, and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. Now, the Vikings, uh, like I talked about earlier, they just beat the Packers this past Sunday with a game-winning field goal, which usually doesn't happen for them. Um, And when their offense is firing on all cylinders and their defense plays to their potential, they're a pretty good team, honestly. Um, And the 49ers are on a win streak, upsetting the Rams and beating the absolute crap out of the Jaguars. Uh, Now, I think this is going to be a close game, but what it will come down to is, one, the Vikings' ability to stop the run, uh, which I don't really trust, in my opinion, honestly. And I also think that the 49ers' defense is steadily improving uh, over this past month, and they can limit the Vikings' offense more than the Packers did this past Sunday. So I'm going to pick the San Francisco 49ers to win this matchup. Uh, Matchup number three that I'm going to talk about, the Seattle Seahawks are going to face off against the Washington football team. The Seahawks are favored by one point, and the over-under is 46-and-a-half. Now, Seattle's season is all about over at 3-and-7, and and the Pete Carroll era is coming to a depressing finish. Meanwhile, the football team season is probably over as well, but they've been gaining positive momentum, and they've been winning their last couple games, playing the Buccaneers and Panthers, and and Heineke's been playing pretty well also, Uh, and there's been improvement secondary as well. And I also think Kainiki threw for like nine touchdowns and one interceptions this past couple, these past couple games. Uh, so that's really great improvement uh, on Taylor Heineke's part. Now with how bad the Seahawks defense is aside from Jamal Adams, that, that guy's a stud. We all know that. Um, I'm going to pick Washington for the upset here. Uh, I think their passing game is really great. Um, obviously scary. Terry is a great right receiver one. Um, and their run game's pretty good too. Uh, shout out Jared Patterson, by the way. He's running back three on the Washington football team. Uh, he's been doing pretty well there. Uh, UB grad. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna pick the Washington football team to improve to four and seven. All right, I think that's the record. Um, uh, hopefully I'm right. Uh, after this game. Uh, now this next matchup 
the last one I'm going to be talking about. It's going to be Thanksgiving primetime matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints. The Bills are still favored by four and a half points, and the over-under is 46 and a half. Now, the Bills lost playing the Colts on Sunday. Uh, I already talked about it. Don't want to beat a dead horse, uh, but they sucked. Uh, And the Saints are also coming off an embarrassing loss as Jalen Hurts ran all over them on Sunday. Um, Now, the important thing to note about this game, both teams are banged up. So what this will come down to, in my opinion, is to who will be able to come back and play this Thursday and who won't be on the field. Uh, Now it's looking like Bill's linebacker Tremaine Edmonds will come back from his hamstring injury this Thursday, which will significantly help this defense that was absolutely terrible on Sunday. And if the run-stuffing one-tech D-tackle Starlou Lele comes back from the COVID reserve list, fingers crossed, um, then it'll be much harder for the Saints offense to get anything going. Uh, now, rookie right tackle Spencer Brown will also not play. Um, and as he's been anchoring this O-line lately, the bleeding on their line will continue. And It doesn't look like guard John Feliciano will be coming back from IR this week either um, after he became eligible to come back from injured reserve this week. Uh, now, on the Saints, uh, Trevor Simeon is set to play with a broken right hand. And it's not looking like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are going to play. Um, alongside their starting right tackle, Ryan Ramchick which significantly hurts their offense. Uh, with how good this Saints D is and how bad this Bills O-line is without Brown and Feliciano, this game could honestly go either way. Despite all this, I'm going to pick the better defense and the QB without the broken hand. Uh, Bills, please, for the love of God, don't mess this up. And one of the looking at just the Thanksgiving slate, perhaps the most interesting list line here is over under in the Bears Lions, forty one point five. It's it's rare to see an over under that low, and it, it definitely feels warranted for that game. But when you see a, an over under that low, part of me wants to take the over there just because, because um, I remember last year you had the Saints and the Broncos, I believe, when the Broncos had no quarterbacks. And they had to bring in the wide receiver off the practice squad to start. And it was like 36, which was insanely low. Um, but it, it hit. The over hit. Um, would you be tempted to take the over in that one? Um, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the worst bet, honestly. Uh, I mean, I don't think the Lions uh, will help you out that much uh, in terms of putting points on the board. I know that this Bears organization is in, in complete turmoil and there's a lot of leaks saying that Matt Nagy's last game might be this week. Um, makes sense, you know, short week. They didn't really have anyone else. But at the same time, I don't I don't know. They're playing the Lions. If they win that game, then I, I still think Matt Nagy will stay. But what do I know? Um, I, I think the Bears offense could still put up a good amount of points, uh, you know, in order to, you know, help betters. Uh, be more confident in betting on the over. Um, obviously, David Montgomery's a stud. Um, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney are two of the most underrated wide receivers out there. Um, and with Andy Dalton, they're, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, so, I, I mean, who am I to say? But I, I think that this over would be a good bet. Definitely not the worst one that you could do. Yeah, definitely a lot of people looking to make some money while they are waiting on waiting on or eating their Thanksgiving dinners. Um, just looking at the games that you were discussing, 
definitely the Rams-Packers. That could be an NFC Championship game preview, potentially, although the Rams have not looked as good recently. Um, you know, obviously the Packers get that nod being at home. I feel like if the Rams were at home, maybe they would be a favorite. Um, you know, over under a 48, that would kind of suggest like a 24-23-ish game. I don't know. I just I feel like it'd be a little bit higher there. Like I feel like that'd be another game too where I might take over. Yeah, honestly, if I were in Vegas, I probably would have set it at like fifty-two, like fifty-five or something like that. I mean, these are two of the best offenses in the entire league. Uh, as we saw on Sunday, obviously Aaron Rodgers threw for four touchdowns. Their ground game is great, also. Um, you know, with AJ Dillon really picking up uh, where Aaron Jones left off. Um, obviously one of, if not the best wide receiver in the entire league with Devontae Adams. Uh, and the Rams are really good too. Well, I, well, there, there's some games where they've been inconsistent. Um, and Matt Stafford reverts back to some of his uh, bad habits uh, from back in Detroit. But, you know, their ground game is pretty solid too. Obviously, the Stafford to Cup connection cannot be understated. Um, and I think, you know, with these past couple weeks, OBJ – you know, lear- learning this playbook um, in Los Angeles uh, a bit more, knowing what's going on in terms of that offense. Uh, I think we could see him having a greater presence uh, within that Rams offense, especially since Robert Woods is out for the entire season. Um, you know, and especially considering that Packers defense, uh, I mean, they, they made they made Kirk Cousins look like Peyton Manning. Um, so, you know, I think Matt Stafford could definitely bounce back in this game, but I also think Aaron Rodgers will do really well. Um, I, maybe they could go this over, could go like over 60 if we're being honest here. Um, so I think that would be a way safer bet if you're weighing that and the bears and lines over under, but yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Going to be a very fun matchup to watch. And I think. I'm very interested in seeing this MVP battle, how it will pan out, because I know that Stafford is, I, I would say he's a top three contender for MVP. I'd say Brady's up there. Mahomes, even though with the interceptions and whatever, he has inserted himself back in there with stats. Rodgers does have 21 touchdowns to four interceptions this season, so we'll see what happens after this game. I'm definitely expecting a high-scoring game. I'm expecting Odell Beckham to actually put up some numbers since he is getting acclimated to this new offense. So we'll see. I feel like some of the off the field stuff's going to hurt Aaron Rodgers just because I feel like you're just going to have a lot of people who won't vote for him off at principle, but that's not necessarily football related stuff. That's just going to be a, a extracurricular stuff that's going to, I think, prevent him from being a serious contender at this point. Um, Oscar, do you have any uh, comments to make on any of these lines? I don't, I'm kind of looking forward to the Rams-Packers game. I think kind of like what Leon said, I think it's going to be a good game. And, uh, definitely we're going to see uh, those Thanksgiving games. We want to see how the – oh, shit. I want to see how the Saints do and the Bills do. We'll, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll get to be able to watch some fun football. Yeah, so with that being said, let's get into one of the final segments for the week. It's going to be – player of the week i'll start with you leon who impressed you the most here in week 11 
So I try to spread the love during the player of the week. I would, in normal circumstances, I'd choose Jonathan Taylor, but I'm going to go with Austin Eckler this time. Four total touchdowns. He had 60 yards receiving, 50 yards rushing, so over 100 scrimmage yards and leading uh, the Chargers to that victory. So great on them, and I'm looking forward to his performance, improving and leading them into the AFC playoff run. Uh, Oscar, who is your player of the week? Well, I got Jalen Hurts. I kind of really like that dynamic of the quarterback who can run, put some, put some points on the ground. Uh, he's, he definitely fits that young quarterback trying to figure out. He seems pretty scrappy. Uh, he went for 147 yards. He rushed for three touchdowns. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch him going on the road to New Orleans and getting being able to do that and mark on the game. Connor, who is your player of the week? All right, so I'm going to go with the obvious one here. Uh, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he absolutely curb stomped the hell out of that Bills defense. 32 carries, 185 yards, averaging 5.8 yards a carry with four rushing touchdowns. Also three receptions on three targets uh, for 19 yards and an extra touchdown to add on to that stat line. Absolute monster. Uh, won a lot of people in their fantasy leagues this week. Yeah, another player uh, for my player of the week that helped me win personally, uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, what an incredible performance. He had not been playing well the past couple of weeks, but really turned it up. 30 of 41 for 382, three touchdowns. I mean, he threw it kind of low, but I mean, it was it was a really, it was a fluke play when he got that interception. And what's kind of underrated here is he ran for 90 yards as well. Really helped move the change of his legs multiple times throughout that game. Just had the Chargers going up and down, up and down the field. And him and Austin Eckler together, just a dynamic duo. Uh, if they can do that consistently, the Chargers, to me, may be the best offense in the entire league if they do that consistently. They're not consistent, and that's the problem with the Chargers. All right, Leon. I know you want to talk about some game picks that we have for the Bills and Saints on Thursday Night Football, that special Thanksgiving night game. Yeah, so I think we're all in agreement that we want the Bills to win and that the Bills will win. Nick says the Bills will win 20-17, to 17, Connor 20-13, to 13, Oscar 31-16. I think the Bills defense will have a shutout this game. This is bold, but based on their injuries, I think they're going to have a shutout. I'm going to go either 27 to nothing or 30 to nothing Bills. I think they come back from that loss. That's bold. That's bold. This this might be – I think this if they get this, this will be their third shutout of the season. They have two right now, right, Connor? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, th- I, think, they, I think they can get it. Trevor Seaman has been playing decently. I know he didn't play great against Philadelphia, but he played well in Tennessee. I, I don't know. The Saints, even with a backup quarterback, that's a tough team that's a, to play in the Louisiana. I know it's technically the Caesar Superdome. We're not paid by Caesars. I'm not going to call it that. This is the Louisiana Superdome. It'll always be that to me. Um, I don't know. But I do think the Bills will win. I think it'll be a tight defensive game. Maybe not the most exciting game. I honestly will probably be watching more Mississippi State and Ole Miss on Thursday night because I think that'll be an exciting rivalry game in the state of Mississippi. But before we head on out, uh, do we have any last comments, questions, or any last lingering things we want to wrap up wrap up on? 
Uh, best wishes for uh, Matt Nagy's son. Tough scene. Yeah, that was that was just awful. <laughs> like I like I understand people in Chicago are not happy with Matt Nagy, but don't take it out on his son. His son's just trying to play. He has nothing to do with the front office in Chicago. Just just let it be. Let him play his game. And I understand that was the other opposing student section, and they're supposed to make him uncomfortable. So that's fine. It's not like you're chanting like on their dead mother or something, but you know it. It's still not a great look. If there are any adults chanting that, that that's really not a good look. High school students, okay, you can kind of let it slide. I, just hopefully there were no adults chanting that because that that would be a bad look. You know, in his defense, uh, since Matt Nagy's son is a quarterback, he could probably run an offense better than Matt Nagy can. <laughs> yeah, the uh, that high school offense is, is probably better. Uh, the Northwestern offense is probably better than the Chicago Bears offense right now. Although uh, they're not having a good season of uh, their own. One last thing to watch out for. I know we didn't talk about it in this podcast because we were too focused on the losing side of this matchup, but the Miami Dolphins have won three straight matchups and they face the Carolina Panthers this week. Maybe the Dolphins win uh, four straight and they get back into making the AFC more of a playoff mess. So we'll see what happens from there, how Tua develops. Jalen Waddle looks nice, but he's going to be overshadowed by other rookies, including Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts and Mac Jones. So let's see how that Tagovailoa Waddle connection develops throughout this latter part of the season. Yeah. I mean, they would need some teams to collapse because right now the seven seed would be the bills at six and four. So you would really need some teams to collapse down the stretch for the dolphins. Like if they were in the NFC, they'd be right there at four and seven, which is insane to think about. But um, I, I just think they, they lost too much too early. Because you're probably going to need nine wins, I think, to get in to the playoffs this year in the AFC. Not as crazy as last year. Because last year you needed 11 wins to be in. But um, it's going to be a fun race. I'm excited to kind of cover it. Uh, if y'all, of course, we're going to have these weekly shows now at 10 p.m. on Tuesdays. I'll definitely like this time a lot better. We're not having to focus on a game going on at the same time. And we're able just to kind of take in everything. Uh, and just kind of sit here and just kind of get ready for the next week. But throughout the week, we do Instagram lives, any combination of us. We may bring on special guests as well. But for the Thursday, Sunday, and Monday nights, we're not going to do it this week just because it's uh, the Thursday this week just because it's Thanksgiving. We're all going to be eating dinner, hanging out with our families. So, But we'll be back Sunday and Monday night on our Instagram, at Pod. We do kind of a 30-minute show before Sunday and Monday, kind of recapping the day, just what our initial takeaways are. Have a bit of a preview of what you're going to see here on more formal shows. Sometimes what we'll do also on our TikTok account, which is at Podcast, is we'll kind of do in-game highlights, do some in-game commentary, kind of our in-the-moment reactions to what we're seeing. And what we'll do sometimes is also do a post-game reaction. Like I did a post-game reaction last week to Patriots, Falcons, and Chargers Steelers. Just what were my initial thoughts on the results, what they mean for the teams, what it means for the playoffs. Um, I know Leon has a weekly segment where he highlights a player every single week, and we're definitely working to get more content out on TikTok, and also some of those videos get put out on our Instagram as well. But for these weekly shows, you can watch us on our YouTube. Um, subscribe to us at Interview Podcast. Hit that notification bell so you never miss a show. Um, we just start open up our Twitch account, which is at Interview Podcast. So you can go watch us in there if you prefer Twitch. Also follow us on Twitter at Interview Podcast, where you can watch the shows there as well. An exciting new era. Thank you all for joining us. 
for the first Tuesday night edition of this show. We'll be back next week for week 12 of Interview Podcast, where we review all NFL news, give our analysis as we head first right into playoff season. Because when the holidays ring, that only means one thing. When the playoffs start, the playoffs are almost about us. For Leon Terrion, Connor Kennedy, and Oscar Arango, this has been the Interview Podcast. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.